Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 234 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast to do about the art and things with me co-host Lil Dennis. And Lil Dennis is going to get us right into this one. Boing! In we go. And today we are looking at, well, this is a dumpin' doodle. A dumpin' doodle. So, kitty kisses and... Little Dennis and Kitty have had their kisses. They're in their little house. Spinning around. I think they're having fun. But what we do on this one is... I haven't done a dumpin' doodle for ages. A dumpin' doodle is basically... It's a brain dump. And some doodling. So if you're watching this one on YouTube... At youtube.com... Slash Sophie Lawson. You'll be able to see this as a video... You see, you see me doodles and that. But in my sketchbook, I've actually created some little um, logos for some of my characters. Which I thought was quite interesting. <laughs> oh, and I've also been working on a comic. little comic for my character, Peter the Penguin. But what I'm going to do on this one is... What the topic is, it's all about healing childhood wounds. So I think this is going to be quite an interesting one, actually. Now it's a bit of it's a bit of a strange one because I've actually got the audio. I've already recorded the audio on my phone because the other day when I was walking home from work, I had the idea for this podcast. So I quickly started taking notes, and before I knew it, it sort of turned into like it was a lot. I was talking a lot more than I thought I would. And instead of just taking the notes and talking about it again, I thought I'd just play the audio and talk about it sort of thing while I'm doing some doodling. But some of the stuff we're going to... I'm also going to try and doodle my mum and dad as lines and shapes. But I've put don't think. Because childhood wounds, I've noticed, are to do with your mum and dad. Well, not always, but a lot of them are. Especially for me. <laughs> so, my mum and dad are very much sort of linked to my unresolved issues, I suppose. I'm also going to talk a little bit about a dream where I had this child. And I had a bit of a realisation about that one. The first thing I've got to do is decide what I'm going to be using. And I think I'm going to use a pencil that my niece bought me for Christmas a few years ago. And it says, draw your heart out. And I believe I've got a 2B lead in this one. Because I likes me 2B leads. So what I'm going to do is. I'm going to just start doodling and play the clip. So I've actually got three clips. One's six minutes. One's a minute. And the other one's 23 seconds. Hopefully you'll be able to hear it alright. And the other thing is. I wasn't planning on putting this audio into the podcast. So I might... It might be a bit sort of um, messy, I suppose. But let's see what we've got. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear this. Talk about how... Experiences from the past, or just experiences, can create multiple wounds. 
So you can go into an experience and heal it, but you've actually only healed one part of it. That's the first thing. So the first thing is that experiences have multiple wounds that need healing. You talk about how I thought I'd healed that, but I hadn't really. Yeah, that's a bit like the mind. This is something Divine Truth talks about on. AJ talks about on the Divine Truth, like the podcast or what thing. He says about how you can basically. What it? He calls it. There's one called the Divine Love Path, one's called the Natural Love Path. So what it is, is you can actually think you've sort of healed things. And you sort of have, but you haven't really. What you've done is your mind has tricked you into thinking you've healed it. But really, you haven't. And he, he says, like, a lot of spirits, a lot of people die. And the spirits, they basically, they think they've healed themselves. But they've actually still got unresolved issues. So I think this is the thing here. I've never realised that an experience from the past can actually have multiple wounds attached to it. So so what I'm saying is I think that's what happened to me. I thought I'd healed something and I hadn't but my mind had tricked me into thinking I had. So if I hadn't had this realisation this week I may never have gone back to that experience because I thought I'd healed it. And I think what happens is the mind is so sneaky and clever. But it's also got like a... It's like a sort of a a protective thing. It's trying to... There's something... I feel like we're sort of... um, I feel like we've got being... We've got entities inside of us. That's the only way I can describe it. Like three entities. There's me... There's a negative one and a positive one. And it seems like the negative one is actually attached to the wounds and it doesn't want you to heal them. So what happens is, it's so clever, because the thing is, because it's inside of you, it knows you, I think it sometimes knows you better than you know yourself. So it knows exactly what to do and say in order to, to trick you into thinking you've done something when you haven't. So that's what I'm thinking there. So what I'm what I'm thinking now is you've actually got to be even more sort of um vigilant with your with everything. You can't just assume you've healed something. If you think you have, you might not have. But I think you actually know when you have because you really feel it. I'll talk about that later with something I think I think I'll talk about that. How the situations keep happening in your life. Oh, yeah. If they just keep happening in your life, what it means is it's it's the universe or God trying to tell you to look at this. Ask yourself, why, what am I feeling? Basically, don't ask why it's happening. That's irrelevant. (laughs) Ask, what are you feeling? I like that. Because what, what happened for me, an example is I had this reoccurring thingy of like noisy neighbours. 
and I found myself sort of sometimes saying, oh, why is this happening? Not in a sort of, not in a negative, like, oh, why? It was more like, a, why is this happening? Trying to understand why it was happening. But it's, you don't have to ask why it's happening. It doesn't matter that that's happening. What, what matters is what you're feeling. Like, what is that experience making you feel? And I never really thought about that before. But only, I'd say maybe, well, this year I've started feeling what I'm feeling instead of just trying to work it out. Even if it's like anger. If you feel anger, basically there was a time when I thought I'm not allowed to feel anger. Because I thought anger was negative. But I feel like now you can feel anger. And this again is the mind. The mind is tricking you into thinking not to go into the anger because it's making you think it's negative. It probably is negative, but sometimes you've got to go into it to heal it. So that, that was a big one for me that this week. Sort of. I thought that was quite cool. Because what's happened was something happened this week. Do I talk about this later? I don't, don't think I do. Basically something happened. And what it done was it triggered. I had an overly. I had an overreactive emotion to it. Like a negative emotion. Which was way out of proportion with the experience. I think I'll talk about that in a minute. So, and what I did was, when I really, 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 really thought about this, and it actually came to me in a dream as well, like when I was writing in my automatic writing, having just woken up, I'd had a, I'd had a series of dreams based around my childhood. And when I did my automatic writing, I had like a realisation about how the experience was linked to a childhood thing. So I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, the reason I was having such a emotional response to the experience was because it was actually bringing up an unhealed emotion from my childhood. And it, the thing that's weird about this is, even that emotion was sort of... Um, in my childhood, it was repeating in my childhood. So, the wound that I've got in my childhood happened multiple times. With different people as well, which is linked to my mum and dad. So that's quite funny how, like, the wound itself can be repeated in the past. And then, in the future, you have an experience. And it's the same experience, but happening... In different ways. This is why it's more important, I think, to feel the emotion. <laughs> Did you hear me belly rumble? What I've noticed is if you're talking about something, like, I would say quite important, I've noticed that I tend to get hiccups, belly rumbles and things like that. Almost as if, somehow, the emotion is sort of like coming out of your body or something. It's a bit weird. <laughs> the thing is, this week has been probably one of the 
it's been a very I would say it's been a negative uh, a week in a way because I've well I haven't yet it's been a week of sort of going right inside myself really I would say it's negative but I've learned a lot <laughs> I've learned a lot from this week I've had so many realizations it's been it's been amazing really so it's another example of how nothing's really positive or negative it's just it's everything's just an experience oh that's cool that goes into this week's inspirational quote this week's inspirational quote says the opposite of love is fear but what is all encompassing can have no opposite that's sort of like the same thing In a weird way, I think that's the same sort of thing. Like, there is no positive and negative, really. It's just an experience. But, like, you decide if it's positive or negative. And what I'm noticing is, things that have happened in your past, they will make you think that things in the future are negative when they're not. It's that thing... I call it the probability-based beings. Like somebody who's just living off of their childhood wounds is sort of... The probabilities is sort of like controlling their life. Proportion with the experience you've just had, because that to me is saying that what's happening is the experience is triggering an unhealed wound that you don't know you've got because you've buried it deep inside of yourself. But the emotion of it is still there. So in other words, like um, like how if you if you got, if you got like a path of cement and you put a groove through it. If you put water on that, the water is just naturally going to go through the groove. So you can cover that path up with something, like a piece of paper, but the water will actually still find a way into the groove. Get into the groove. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, this is why these things are positive actually. This is why as soon as you've healed it, it won't happen again. And if it did happen, because I thought also happened, it doesn't happen again. I think it doesn't happen again, but every so often it will happen again. Because the universe needs to test you just to see if you've actually properly healed from it. This is what happens in dreams as well. Sometimes a monster will show up. And as soon as you sort of say to the monster, I'm not scared, the dream ends. Almost as if it's just the dream trying to see if you've actually... It's one thing to say you're fearless. It's another thing to actually be fearless. That's what I'm saying. What else is it? I'm going to take those two plastic pots. (laughs) What happened was, on the way to work, I recorded this walking home from work about nine o'clock in the morning on the way to work at about was it four four about ten to five in the morning i was walking to work i saw these two big plastic 
containers. Somebody had thrown them out. And I said to myself, if they're still there when I'm walking home, I'm going to pick them up. <laughs> so what happened here was I saw these, those plastic containers were still there. But there was actually people walking around. And I was, sort of, I was waiting until everyone went away so that I could get these containers, take them home. So the dream, this year's podcast is going to be all about, this year's podcast is going to be about childhood rooms, childhood rooms in my home. Oh, childhood rooms that need healing. Yeah, that's what I meant to Childhood rooms that need healing. I'll take those because I'll be handy. This week's podcast is going to be about childhood rooms that need healing. Five P in there. Yeah. There's a five P in the um, plastic container. Keep happening in your life. I'm trying to show you. They're actually positive, they're trying to show you that something needs healing. And I also want to talk about mum and dad's sort of attributes, which are positive, but when mm. they've gone too far in one direction, they actually become negative. Like, for instance, dad did work colic, or at least he was. And that was because he was a. I don't know what the actual balanced version of that is, but. Yeah, what is the balanced version of somebody who is a workaholic? I think the balance there, because being a workaholic, I would say is negative, but the attribute of it is actually positive. Because I feel like the attribute of a workaholic is somebody who's very hard working, very sort of determined, committed, reliable. But I would say there's some sort of unhealed wound that creates the workaholic. It's probably somebody who doesn't feel good enough or something. Maybe. Basically, if you're out of balance of whatever that is, you become a workaholic. But if you can get that in balance, it's good because it means you actually you work your ass off. Work, rest and play. That's what they say, isn't it? <laughs> Very much work, work, work. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm work and rest. I think I'm plays. I think I'm a lot more balanced than I think I have. I definitely. Maybe I've lost a little bit of the working bit, but then there's different types of working. There's physical working. It's mental working, and I'm doing a lot of the mental work at the minute. So, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> also, mum's um, positive towards it, she's very compassionate, very forgiving and stuff, but again, if you become too forgiving, people walk all over you, so you don't stand up for yourself. And I can see how I've got inside of me. Mum and dad's attributes, which is insane. 
Yeah. When I really look at my mum and dad, I can see how I've got inside of me their attributes. It's almost like... It's almost like... I feel like what it is is all of your mum's wounds and all of your dad's wounds go into you. So you end up with like all of these wounds from your mum and dad, but they're actually positives in a weird way. Because like my mum's, one of my mum's wounds is something to do with, I would say, not standing up for herself. So I've got that as well, but I can also see how that's a positive because it you it makes you like compassionate sort of thing. It's very interesting. What did I do? Here? I think I was whispering on this one. Also, talk about how I've noticed when you're working on a deep emotion, deep healing thing. For me, I need to be absolutely on my own because if I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm opening unhealed wounds, I become insanely sensitive to energies around me. Especially if the energy, especially if the person around me is linked to the healing, is the person around me is linked to the wound. I find that I will actually act out the suppressed emotion. So if I'm suppressing hatred towards somebody, if I'm working on that unhealed wound and that person's around me, I will feel hatred and I will, if I'm not careful, start acting out hatred. So it becomes very, um, it becomes very, a delicate operation. <laughs> a delicate operation it is though so this is this is where it ends up with with me is it's almost like you have to start accepting that you've got inside of you really really negative and dark emotions ah oh, this is quite interesting last night at art class we had to basically bring in our own photo reference and do a drawing. I'll talk about it on the next next art class podcast, which I think will be next week. But the thing I drew, it ended up looking a bit like... If you've ever seen um, Stranger Things, one of the boys on that, he ended up... He, he was like sketching the monster sort of thing. It looks a bit like that. It looks very sort of, um, sort of, um, oh, what's the word? Sinister. So I feel like what happens with art is, without even realising it, art sort of shows you emotions. So... But this is a thing, like, you're trying to process these negative emotions that are coming up without actually becoming negative. And it is quite hard. 
I find it hard. Because I find that... I find when I'm processing these... These emotions from my childhood. Like unhealed wounds or whatnot. I just find that I find it a lot harder to... I find it a lot harder to... What happens is... You lose control of your emotions, I suppose. Something like that. But I feel like you've just got to let it happen. But I do find it a bit upsetting for people who are around you because you can actually take it out on other people when it's not their fault sort of thing but then I also wonder whether it is their thought their fault in a way because if I'm acting in a certain way which is negative to that person well that person is then having to face emotions of their own because of me and it might be that I'm acting that way because of them in the past can you see how cool that is in a way it's like it's almost like it's almost like 50, 40 years ago 30 years ago they they did it they did something which wasn't their fault really because it was something that somebody did something to them which made them do that to me and then for 30 years nothing happened but then in the future when i start processing that emotion it makes me act in a certain way towards that person. So what's happening now is they've actually got to face what they did in the past. See how you're sort of like entangled with them because you're facing, because you're facing the issue. It forces them to face the issue as well. This is why I think it's very important. I feel like it's really important to keep. To keep people in your life, especially the ones who are the most sort of, um, basically all of our childhood wounds, they're normally linked to people. So I think it's quite important to keep the people in your life who are linked to these wounds. That's what I'm thinking. I've got one more clip here, which was this morning. Oh yeah, this was interesting. <laughs> Dealing with childhood wound. Yeah, what what's happened is... So I've been dealing with these wounds for the last few days. And it's really come to the surface. Basically what's happened is, something happened this week where somebody... I suppose you could say I felt like they let me down. That's what it felt like. And then when I've looked into it, I've I've found that as a child there were situations, different situations which triggered the same emotion of feeling abandoned. And that what happens now is if somebody lets me down it makes me feel abandoned like from my childhood and I never realised that until I really sat with what I was feeling 
when this when I got let down. So again, when I look at this now, I look at that person letting me down as a positive because it allowed it was like that person without or at least that experience was shining a light on something in the past that was like um like a blockage an unhealed wound so now i'm i'm at a point now where i'm trying to sort of um what's happened is i'm now all these emotions have come to the surface really sort of really sort of um well the other night i was crying and this is when i know god is talking tears for some reason tears seem to be the way that the universe or god or the truth yeah truth seems to reveal itself in the physical via tears like either extreme joy or extreme sadness they create tears and if you've ever had those like uncontrollable tears where you're crying but it's a different type of crying and that is actually to do with these emotions getting released but what I found is after this happens I become incredibly exhausted like really like mentally just exhausted and I actually don't like being around people that's what I've noticed for some reason and I think it goes back to that thing about being super sensitive like when I release when I'm releasing these emotions I end up so sensitive to like energies and stuff like yeah I just need to be on my own really which is a bit hard when you're when you have to go to work and stuff like that so it's quite sort of sometimes I think like these monks and that are very lucky in that they can process these deep emotional wounds and then they can sit with it for weeks and months in complete silence like letting the emotion sort of Because I think what happens is these emotions come up, they get transmuted into positive stuff. Now this goes into what happened this morning. I was waiting outside a shop, so I got my sketchbook out, started doing some little sketches. I didn't even think about it, I started writing about an idea. And what's happened is, I've, I've got this idea, it's going to revolve around a new podcast and stuff like that I don't really want to talk about it yet because I've I just want to do it instead of talking about stuff I just want to do it but what happened was this this idea come up and all of a sudden all these other ideas that I've had over the last couple of years it's as if all of these ideas go into this one new idea so it's almost like I've got this super idea And all these other little ideas, which I thought were going to be cool on their own, they now go into this bigger thing. Now, what's even more amazing is, I was listening to a pod... What happened was, just after that, I put a podcast on, which is called... 
It's a new podcast that I've only just started listening to. My iPhone. What's happened is my iPhone is so full of... Um, it's got it's running out of memory. But this podcast is called Creative Pep Talk. And the episode was called A Powerful Technique for Doing Less But Producing More. Episode 378. It says, No Time... And then it says a powerful technique, thingamajigs. But what happened was he was talking about how the world we live in, they they make it look, basically we're in a world where everything has to be like instant. Like, so you get an idea, pop it straight out on social media. Like, it's basically like everything's fast paced, he's saying. But what he said is the secret... Is to actually, well, it goes back to that thing, balancing work and play, work and rest. So, in other words, an idea pops into your head. Instead of just throwing it out there straight away, what he's saying is keep it in your head. And what will happen is it will actually, like, sort of, um, like when you've got, like, loads of food in a cauldron. <laughs> the longer you, like, leave it there, it's sort of all the flavours... You get more flavours. So he's saying, leave these ideas in your head and let them sort of mature. Now, I feel like that's what's happened. All these ideas that I've had in my head, they've been in my head. I released them, but I've just left them there. And now what's happened is this other idea comes along and it's like sort of um, brought all these other ones together. Now, what what happened... As I was walking home, I thought to myself, is it possible that by sort of facing this or releasing this childhood emotion, these wounds, I wouldn't say I've overcome it yet. But what's happened is I sort of, I can see the connection between events in my past and the way I feel about certain, the way certain things trigger me in the present which I've never I've never experienced I've never been able to work that out before I didn't see the connection so what I'm wondering is is it possible that by sort of like releasing that blockage that energy can actually now go into this other thing which is a, a creative thing and I've said all along like the last few years I have not been producing much art but it's because I've been doing a lot of like inner work and I do believe I do believe what will happen in the end is basically if you can find balance in your mind I feel like you're going to be a master like creating because I feel like for me at least I find it quite hard to be creative when my mind is out of balance but then I also know sometimes you can use that in your art. But I, all I can say is I've got a feeling deep in my bones that the best thing for me to do is work on my mind. And I can just tell, I can tell it's going to be worth it in the end. But I was also thinking that this morning. Like some of these, like the way I was feeling earlier this week... 
it was so sort of emotional. You sort of think to yourself, this better be worth it. <laughs> like, whatever this life is, it, and all these emotions we're facing and stuff, it better be worth it in the end. Like, you've just got to basically trust. You've got to trust that it's going to be worth it in the end. Because there's no guarantee that it is, really. That's it. Where's me notes? I seem to have lost me note. I had a little, um... Here it is. Oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. So I've played the audio clips. I've done some doodling. What have I done? I've created something here that looks a little bit like fingers. Look like little fingers. There's lots of pyramids everywhere. There's lots of sets of three as well. And there's lots of... There's. I'm noticing lots of... Um, like like pairs basically like for me that's sort of representing entanglement because I do feel like emotions like unresolved I feel like entanglement is a big part of um, emotions I've seen these these pyramids as well lots of circles and pyramids oh I've got to talk about that dream it's only uh, just a little thing. Basically, what happened was I had this dream, and I've talked about this before. I've got these two reoccurring characters in my dream, which is a little girl and a little boy. So this week, <laughs> this week I have been mostly going into my childhood in my dreams. So what I did was before I went to bed, I said, "I want to face my. Ch- I want to face my childhood." Basically, I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to be facing, or I didn't know what I was supposed to be facing, but I could tell it was to do with my childhood. And that's when all this stuff came up about feeling abandoned and stuff. And it was very interesting that there was this little boy showed up again. And what I know, there was a little girl and a little boy. The little girl was in front of me so I could see her. The little boy was always behind me so I couldn't see him. And as I was walking home from work the other night, the other day, I thought to myself, if something is behind you in the dream, Robert Wagner says, that's basically like your shadow self. So I'm thinking, this little boy, this little boy is linked to my shadow. Something to do with my shadow. And I do think it goes back to when I was strangled. 1993 I was strangled. And this goes into what I was talking about earlier, I had a lucid dream a few years ago and I said I want to relive being strangled and I felt like I had released for me that's still one of my most powerful lucid dreams because I definitely released something that day to do with like being that day when I got strangled and I thought I had healed it but what I noticed what I've worked out this week is basically that experience of being strangled has it created multiple emotional wounds. So I think what happened that day when I had a lucid dream, I think I actually I healed some part of it, but there's these other two parts I haven't healed. Or at least one part, and it's to do with it's something to do with guilt. And abandonment. Because there was an abandonment there as well during that experience 
And what I'm thinking is, my, my, this little boy who keeps popping into my dreams, he's, I think he's linked to this abandonment. And my something in my shadow is is to do with this feeling of abandonment or something. Like I say, at a minute, I'm just trying... All these emotions are coming up like sort of um, pieces of a puzzle. But for the first time, I can actually see what the picture looks like. So this is why it's quite exciting. But the other thing is, you've got all these pieces coming up. <laughs> so you feel a bit like, well, where do I start? But the cool thing is, I can see how everything's sort of falling into place. Which is quite cool. And uh, what this little boy was doing as well was, in the dream, I was sat in a chair. I was sat in the front seat of a car with, I think my dad was on my right. And I had my seatbelt on. And I've got that thing again where I've got like, um, I've got like the bubbles coming up in my throat. Yeah, like, um, it's like hiccups inside of yourself. Now, what I'm thinking is, this is actually, I'm I'm convinced now that when you, I'm convinced that emotions are, are like bubbles in our, in our body. And they're getting like, sort of, they're coming up through our body. So there's actually a physicalness to these emotions. Which is quite interesting. What happened was I was sat in this chair in the car. The little boy was sat on the seat behind me. But he was actually pushing his feet into the back of the chair. And I could feel his legs going right into my back. And I was actually saying to Dad. I kept saying, Dad, can you tell him to stop that? (laughs) But then what happened was I woke up. I had this pain in my back. Now, there's two ways to look at that. Either... I had a pain in my back and that was manifesting into the dream or the the boy was creating the pain in the dream and it was manifesting into my physical body. Something like that. <laughs> Just like that. But what happened here was, again, I've made this connection. So, many t- I haven't had it a lot. It's been quite a while since I had this, but I used to have a lot. I would have this I'd have these dreams with like things digging into my back, like entities basically. And at that same time, I was watching a video, but I can't remember. I think it might. I don't know who it was. I want to say it was Bob Monroe with his out of body stuff when he was talking about different entities. Somebody was did a video talking about, and they drew this diagram of like a person. He drew a diagram of a person and attached to them at the back was this was like an entity. An entity that was attached to their back. And it was one of these things I thought, this is insane. Because they were actually explaining what I'd been experiencing in the dream. So what I'm saying is, what if this little boy is like... That little boy could be linked in with this entity... But what I want to know is, why is it linked to your back? And it, I'd imagine it's something to do with... I wonder, I don't know what the chakra is at that point. Like, is it... I don't know what... I don't know enough about the chakras, but I know there is a chakra at the... at, like, the base of your spine. So I'd imagine whatever this shadow is, 
it's to do with that probably to do with that chakra or something so i don't know if that's to do with emband emband what's it called abandonment or something so i need to look into that chakra but what i love about this is how the waking state and the dream state like wow it's brilliant it is you like you're working on yourself in the waking state and the dream will do something you process that and then you you it's almost like the dream and the waking state are sort of helping each other but it does it very much does talking like riddles <laughs> so that's that's it that's what i've been happening there so all i'm gonna do now i'm gonna draw i haven't thought about this i i did my absolute best to not think about this i'm gonna try, try and do a little doodle like a squiggle or shapes or something of my mum and dad because i just want to sort of see what comes up what shapes i think me mum and dad are and i purposely didn't think about this because so wrong with me mum if i was drawing me mum what would i draw if, if i was drawing me dad as a shape what would i draw That's interesting. Me mum is like a a flowing heart thing, but it's going down. So I started one way and it actually went down. Whereas me dad went up and then went sideways. And so me dad is more of a straight... You could look at me dad as like a little... looks like a little cliff. <laughs> I can imagine somebody jumping off of me dad, like a little cliff edge. Whereas me mum... It looks more like a piece of rope. And I'd feel like you'd actually be climbing up that. Ah, how cool is this? So I drew me mum going downwards. But for me, it represents like climbing up. Almost like an ascension. And it actually loops back in on itself as well, which I like. Whereas I drew me dad going up. But for me, it represents going downwards. Like into the abyss. I quite like that. My mum's also almost got, there's almost like a heart shape in my mum's shape. Whereas, whereas my dad's got no sort of, my dad had no, like, it felt very disconnected, my dad. Whereas my mum, it almost feels like it could connect with itself. That was interesting. If I had to draw them as shapes, what would I draw me? If I draw me, if I drew me mum, this is what I'm thinking. This is weird because I wouldn't have thought I'd draw me mum like this. If I had to draw my dad, I'd draw my dad like that. <laughs> That's very interesting. I I never thought I would have used triangles for my mum, but I use triangles, and I like when I've been looking at character designing and stuff triangles are normally sort of um you would use them for like negative emotions or something because they're they got like sharp edges whereas my dad i've actually almost like created a doorway of a tunnel which is curving so i would have thought i would have done it the other way around it's very interesting so me mum me dad looks like just a 
Imagine like a tunnel, like the like the darkness of a tunnel, which you could say that links in with like the abyss thing. But I kind of like that because you're going in, you're going into a tunnel scared. So I feel like there's fear of associated with me dad. That's what I'm thinking. Me mum's got very long legs, and I did draw triangles, but. What actually happened was the triangles turned into, basically what, what happened was there were triangles that started turning into opposite triangles. So I could almost imagine, like I could almost imagine like a mirror version of my mum, sort of, I don't know how you draw that in reverse, I've done that wrong I think. Yeah, but I could Im- I could imagine like a I could imagine a mirrored version of my mum there. But even though I've drawn my mum as triangles, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six triangles. That's interesting. Oh, six body parts. You've got your arms, your legs, your body and your head. Six. I've always found the number six to represent out of balance. So maybe that's like me mum's sort of out out of balance or something. My dad is very confused in that shape. Because I find it quite a positive shape. But very much like a tunnel. You go into a tunnel, you know, there might be a monster in there. So it's it's almost like inviting you in. But it could actually, you the minute you've walked in that tunnel, it caves in and you're trapped. <laughs> I feel like that tunnel shape is very, very interesting. I like that. But what it also makes me think is about exploring. Like a tunnel, I think about, I would like to go into it exploring. So as long as you go into it with the right equipment, you sort of should be alright. So for me, it's, it's saying to me that I've still got to explore. I've still got exploring to do with my dad. Whereas with my mum, she's got very long legs, which makes me feel like she's sort of going upwards. And it does, she does look a little bit like a star here, in this little doodle. And I like stars. Yeah, there's a very much a sort of going upwards with with my mum's shape there. So even though it's using like angular shapes, which you would think are negative... There's a positive vibe to the shape, like the overall shape. That's brilliant. I've never done anything like that before. And if I had thought about it, I would never have created these shapes and lines. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to do that. Well, the thing is, you, you can only do this once, really. Or maybe, maybe you could do it again. I'd like to do this more with other people. But for me, really, the only people I'm interested in understanding is me mum and dad. Because I feel like they're key to um, everything. I do. I think I think our mum and dads are key to everything. So that's it for this one. Little Dennis, he's going to... 
gonna get us out of here. Hey, little Dennis, little Diddy Diddy. Boing. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. All that's left is this week's little inspirational quote. And it comes from a book I found in the second-hand shop about a month ago called A Course in Miracles. Now, this book is massive. When you, It's basically three books in one, I think it is. It's the text, the workbook, and, and a manual or something. It's basically, it's, apparently, it's three books in one. And there is, there is, what is it? There's like about 306 chapters. <laughs> I've never seen a book with that many chapters. A Course in Miracles. It says, since it was first published privately in 1976. Look, it says, see, this is why you need to have an open mind with stuff. Although Christi Christian... Although Christian in language, the courses of perennial philosophy presented in a way which is meaningful for us today. It is a self-study course to designed to shift our perceptions, heal our minds and change our behaviour. So even though it's like using Christian language, because I did see the word God in some of the chapters. Even though it's using the word God... I feel like, I feel like, basically, for me, I think the word God, it doesn't have to be God. Like, you can just replace it with universe or something. I feel like the word is not important. It's what it actually feels. Words, words mess up a lot of things, I think. But this week's inspirational quote, I love this. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. I love that. Now, it says something here which I can't quite get my head around. It says, this course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. I can't, I can't, quite, I can't quite understand that. Nothing real can be threatened. Ah. Ah. I sort of get it. Yeah, what's really real is not what we think is real. In other words, reality is not real. It's truth that's real and truth cannot be threatened. Because truth is... Basically, whatever that word... Whatever... Whatever God is, it's truth. And like the oneness, so truth is the oneness, which can't be threatened. So the reason I was getting confused, I was thinking real as in reality. And it says nothing unreal exists. So what is unreal is is reality, which is all mind, it's all mind generated lies from unhealed wounds. And they don't really exist. They only exist because you think... They only exist because you haven't you haven't healed the wounds. I think I think I sort of 
think I sort of understand. I like this bit though. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. A course in miracles. Arse!